This episode of the Council of the First Ones was recorded on March 1st, 2015. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Council of the First One. I'm Kelly, host of Toys and Tunes, an admit for the Great Rebellion. Joining me today is my fellow admit, Yoni. How's everything going, Yoni? <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've been watching Mon- Monster High this week. Uh, trying to catch up for the new video, huh? Okay, I think he was taken away by Draculaura. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also joining me is my fellow nerd on the coucher, Renee. So what did I miss? Well, I gotta admit, I'm still sad from Leonard Nimoy's passing. Yes, we all are. Yeah, it hit me hard, I gotta admit. It, it really did. I mean, it was just so sudden. True, but, you know, his influence will live on forever, and that's... The good thing, his character will live on, but still, he was the guy who gave it life, and, you know, we all have to acknowledge him for that. That is very true. And also joining us from the Despondos happens to be our resident rancher, Crespo. Hey, y'all. Um, as well, sad about Leonard Nimoy's passing, he was Galvatron in the only good Transformers movie, the animated one from the 80s. Well, also... That movie did make sense when it came out because it did bridge two uh, types of Transformers, the clap, the original ones, and then the ones that were supposed to be 30 years in the future. Yeah, but his passing, okay. I know that Star Trek fans are really heard about it. Well, sci-fi fans in general are heard about it. Well, the whole nerd community is hurt. Exactly. Okay. And... The sad news is that the gem movie, we finally saw the first still. <laughs> it looks horrible. Oh. And Justin Bieber's still breathing. Oh, that gave me pains. That movie, that that one picture hurt. It just looks bad. I'm sorry. It, it looks bad. Yeah, I'm a bit iffy, especially since... You know what the saddest part of that gem pick is? Is that it looks wrong. I mean, you Google gem cosplay. And you can see women that do gem-accurate costumes. They look nice, and they don't look like this pseudo-hipster. I was born in the late 90s, and this is how I think the 80s were based on reruns of Saved by the Bell. The sad part is most of those gem cosplayers spent longer making that costume than they did filming that movie. Before we actually start, I have one small question that I have to ask every one of you. Which color was the dress? <laughs> what? We're doing it. It was uh, white and gold, even though the real dress was black and blue. It throws me off because I saw that it was just like the shadowed or I don't know. That's my answer. <laughs> The best pick I've seen is the one with Tila and Evil Lynn. Like, is it white or gold or black and blue? Uh, my favorite one's the Power Ranger. has the white Power Ranger, and they're like, I love the black. Oh, no, that's a blue and black Ranger. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one. I, I saw the Freddy Krueger one. 
basically it's been a slow internet news week. That's basically what's happening. Exactly. Except the marvelous news about Tila's big round butt. <laughs> I think we need to start off with that little teaser we saw in Brandon's latest video. Hover robots! He showed the ro- hover robots? Yeah, he showed the hover robots. With man-at-arms as a giant, he comes out in the summer. And Zodak, which comes out later this month. And then there was something in the side. I just couldn't make it out. I mean, he and Tila were... Trying to do something, but Teela was dressed like a filmation character. Well, that was a nice rump, wasn't it? Yep. I mean, they did make sure they gave her plenty of booty. Well, that was the essence of filmation, (laughs) Teela. Yeah, we saw more of her butt than anything else. I mean, yeah, we did see a few face shots, but they did like to show her butt. But it looks like we had a double teaser. A Point Dread and a Filmation Teela coming eventually. And I do say eventually, because just because we see it doesn't mean we're going to get it. Look how long it took us to get the Battle Ram. We better get that Teela. We better get her. I don't care if she comes with Point Dread or, or her, on, on her own. We need that Teela. And I'm talking as a guy whose first Masters of the Universe Classics figure was the 2009 Flatbutt Teela. But ever since I was a kid, I've dreamed of having a filmation Tila, and it would be a really mean jerk move from Mattel to show us that bootylicious Tila, and then say, nope, you ain't, you aren't getting this Tila, you're just getting Point Dread. Sure, yeah, Point Dread's cool, but Tila's better. They, I mean, obviously speaking, they did that on purpose. If they're debating, they're not gonna do that. Okay, the Battle Ram, uh, was different circumstances because that was made by the Four Horsemen on their own initiative. And it was not in the Mattel booth. It was at the Four Horsemen booth. Obviously, we're going to get that Tila. We're going to get Point Dread. Most people seem to speculate that you're going to get that Tila with the Point Dread. And I got to admit, that's a good selling point. It's expensive, but it's a selling point. It also makes sense, canonically speaking, since one of Tila's origins involve point dread something 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 uh skeletor tried to clone the goddess at point dread i think it was a i think it was a mini comic i i'm just shooting off from the hip i believe you were right with the mini comic so having tila with point dread it may not be the tila from the mini comic but it's a tila what i find funny is that if she comes with point dread many fans have been fighting for years Asking Mattel to give us a Tila so we don't have to pay the ridiculous eBay prices for her. Now, if the, if Tila comes with Point Dread, we're gonna be end up paying eBay prices for Tila, although we get a free Point Dread. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. I I was having this discussion with somebody else uh, the other day. It, they made this great point, and and it's true. Point Dread is a genius of a toy because. It, it makes logical sense. If you own Castle Grayskull, you will be able to attach the Castle Grayskull uh, to the top of Point Dread and have the Talent Fighter hang up there. You know, they did say that. Toy Guru did say that a long time ago, that they designed it 
and he kept saying, if we're going to make it, if, and, uh, the, now, nah, but then again, if you don't own Castle Grayskull, well, you have a playset. It's a win-win. And then you get Attila, well, why not? And not only that, uh, some people may not even care about putting Point Thread on Castle Grayskull and have Point Thread as its own thing. They get a decent playset. It, it seemed, based on the photos from the video, that you could fit two to four figures there, plus how many figures you can fit on the Talent Fighter, which I don't know because we haven't seen a Talent Fighter yet, but y'all get the idea. But we, we get a pretty good idea that it might be, the Talent Fighter might be big because the landing pad on top of Point Dread, it looks even longer than the playset. Yeah, and the playset also seemed taller than if we upscaled the vintage one, which it's a good thing because I saw some pics online of the vintage playset, and I think I may have used a vintage point red playset, but it was converted by a friend into something something Ninja Turtles. But oh, a sewer! That thing was pretty cramped back in the day, and this one seems a bit bigger, so that's a good thing. But in any case, we'll just have to wait and see. And here's a hint, Mattel. If and this is a gigantic if, if you guys are thinking Snake Mountain and tossing a figure with the playset. Toss in 2000X Evil Lynn with her because Evil Lynn is the total opposite of Tila. Tila is Filmation, then do the complete opposite of Filmation, 2000X. It's a win-win. Also, I want Snake Mountain. Well, everyone wants Snake Mountain. I gotta point out, this is actually one of the most interesting things I'm seeing. There is no real negativity happening right now with this, if you guys notice. No, and I'm not even seeing any negative... Negativity with the 2000X subline. Well, I'd say there's a little negativity on the 2000X sub, but it comes from hardcore Filmation fans who wanted a Filmation sub 2.0. But aside that, there hasn't been any real negativity. Uh, the sub, according to the Mattel update, we got 27%. People seem more chill, more mellow. And it was even weird Seeing Toy Guru chime in, like, he was excited for the headback when a few years back, he was saying that the headback was too morbid. Sorry, Scott, but I have, I have to bring that back up, cause seeing you when you were the Mattel guy, no, that's too morbid. Now, now was the fun. No, no yes, I'm excited about it. It's no, kind of he weird. He said his bosses said it was too morbid. Even yeah, though at the same time, they were selling body parts in the Monster Eye line. These bosses are, the old school bosses are gone. Oh, but all jokes aside, I'm finally glad that we finally broke through the all hyper anime, anime hyper details that Styles retired. Uh, headbacks are too morbid. And I'm enjoying this new chill attitude that the fans are having with Mattel and that bootylicious Tila. Now let's just hope they kept the booty on Tila. I don't see why not. It's covered. Basically, right now, I mean, we're assuming it is from the angle, but they could have been nasty and reused one of the uh, former Tila bucks. Nope. And, and sculpted it on. Nope. Trust me. I looked at that picture hard enough, then I looked at my Masters of the Universe Tila hard enough, and I'm talking borderline creepy levels kind of hard see, to make I sure that that was a new Tila. See, I didn't study it that closely, but see, I'm not into women's booties. Hey, I also checked out the He-Man hair, and it seems that he that He-Man may be wearing the 
Ular second head, uh, no, not the second head, the Ular long hair head because the hairstyle that that He-Man had does not match the standard classics He-Man head because I also stared at that at that He-Man figure creepily because I was thinking that it could have been a filmation He-Man, but so far it looks like the standard He-Man and maybe a different hair hairpiece or head on him. I looked, uh, I did a zoom on it. And, uh, it is the, uh, it is a normal, uh, original He-Man. It's not a filmation He-Man as some people saw it because he had the brown, uh, spots on the belt and he had the, uh, design on his wrist guard and all that. So it is, uh, an original He-Man and it is the vintage hit. And then the Tila one, yeah, I did the same thing. I, I looked at her and then, um, I got my figure. And it is a completely different sculpt. I think they're using the same buck for the legs and probably the torso. She has the bracelet uh, on her arms, but she has smooth gauntlets, which some other figures have smooth gauntlets. So it, it could be a kid bash. It could be a kid bash. Like Adora's racers are pretty smooth, and from afar they would look just the same as Filmation. Well, come on. Adora was Style Guide, which was Filmation. Which... Again, I think it's it is a different figure in the essence, but it's a kit bash, but it's a happy kit bash. Exactly. So it may not have needed like a hundred percent new tool, but the few new pieces she's getting are worth it. And she does have a new head. I mean, that is a completely filmation uh, hairstyle. So yes, though they need to lighten it up a little bit, make it more red. It was. Well, just, I, I, I think they're keeping it in the classics colors, just like. Some vestiges of the classic Kaiser machine, and they just can't justify, like, okay, sure, Tila was blonde, then she got a lighter red hair job, but the skin tone, it's slightly darker than it would be on Filmation, because Filmation Tila seems to be a bit more on the pasty side, and pasty figures don't look that great compared to animation cells. Yeah, we got to point out, uh, cartoon colors will not look good with the toy line. I mean, we do have perfect examples within the line already. Well, the one that that really struck me, and I'm looking at the picture right now, she has her back, her, her bodysuit is a different bodysuit. Her back is covered. Yes, I did see And she has high heels. We have a figure with high heels. Yeah, but the high heels come from Shira, Adora. I think Yoko wears them. There's a few figures with the high heels. He doesn't have the flat foot like the classic Tila. Yeah, but that's the filmation Tila. I mean, she's got filmation Tila has the high heels. Yeah. So it's mostly a kit bash, but eh, I don't mind. No, this is a happy kit kit bash. Now the question is, like, I I am hoping like she comes with. Uh, I know they're probably gonna stick her normal weapons in there. But I'm kind of hoping for that filmation sword she always fights with and uh, some new gear, just to uh, spice it up a little. Because we already got versions of her gear. I mean, we already have, they came in weapons pack and all that. I really want that filmation sword and maybe an a non-articulated pookie. Yeah, I would take the pookie over the sword. Because I already got the Tila weapons. I got a Staff of Ka. I have um the snake armor, which... Is never worn by any of my Tilas because I'm more of a cartoon fan for her. So in the cartoons, she never wore it. So on mine, it's not there. And, but really, a filmation sword would be a godsend for, for Tila just to be more 
Filmation, like, and it's a shame that Filmation Man at Arms, minus the 2000X head, didn't get a Filmation sword or a flat silver Grayskull sword instead of, instead of getting another stupid maze in silver. But the Battle Realm's really sweet. We also have missed a few issues, guys. Like issue one, two, and three of an Eternian War. And a naked Hordak running around inside Grayskull. Well, if you're a Hordak, who's going to tell you? So, I guess we should address those three little issues eventually. But as we know, Eternian Wars did replace the last series. It started back in December. But we've been so busy with other things that we haven't had a chance to talk about it. The Masters, for those who have not been keeping up with the series, have been driven out of the light side of Eternia. They're right now, their camp is Snake Mountain. Tila is the goddess of the serpents. And I have to admit, I'm really getting into this war. It's pretty good. Well, overall, I gotta, I gotta say this before we get into it. The writers have done their homework. We really have some good writers here. Yes. Props to the writers for doing all their homework, giving us Easter eggs from all the different canons of Masters. Now, some people have complained that this is the B-Squad. And they're the B-Squad because they're still relatively young and they're trying to prove themselves, which to me is always a good thing because they're hungry. And they want to stand out. They want to do their best so they could eventually jump to the A-Squad. These guys are on their way. And this was the group that did end the Masters of the Universe original comic series that we loved at the end. That did the rings and brought out she So even if they might be the B-Squad, in my book, I give them an A+. And they're researching lore. It's not like when... When the first six minis that started, that Skeletor had scrambled the world and everything was a huge mess and nothing felt like it should. At least here, characters, while their world is different, darker than we remember from the times of Filmation or MYP, uh, characters like, say, Duncan, just to name one, feels like Duncan, Adam feels like Adam, and Hordak is naked. And Teal is semi-naked. Well, that's equality for you. But I really love some of the Easter eggs, especially right out of the bat. I'm going to go with the first page of the Eternity War number one, where Hordak harvests souls and everything. And you've got the weird, weird Hordak statue thing that doesn't look like normal Hordak. One of the trapped souls is our very, our very special friend, the perverted squirrel. You know... I didn't notice it the first time around, but now I do see Lukey. Somebody pointed it out a while ago, and I was like, oh, yeah. We found Lukey. Yeah, and he's dead. Yes. (laughs) He is. He's that panther. Well, that was the other question I was going to bring up, man, because it looks like panther. It could also be Chief Carnivus. Or one of his people. Aspelian is right there, too. One of, uh, Pelicians, uh, Stinkor before becoming Stinkor. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, to me, it's, it's hard to describe. <laughs> and Silver Mosquito looks cool. I, I was gonna ask too, do you think that's Mosquito? 
because he looks like him, but yet he's really a radical redesign. I'm assuming it's Mosquito because of the head and the soccer thing, and it's like in re- maybe that's Mosquito in reverse. Instead of sucking, he's releasing all the blood he's captured, and well, that's what he's doing. Cause we see Hordak like he's bleeding everywhere. Well, see, I took it because some people said, "Well, what's going on here?" I took it as like his body was killed, and that chases that he's been in the whole time has been his way of keeping himself still with us. Life support, yeah. Basically. Or and again, he uses the blood of uh, He-Man to get himself a new body to survive and be stronger, which is really morbid. Well, he does. He does have the blood of He-Man. Don't forget. That was the end of the last series. Yeah, in this issue, he's getting it pumped into him. And that's why he gets blue and naked. And I do think that could be Mosquito or another attempt at a Mosquito-like creature. Don't forget, Hordak created Mosquito, according to canon. But in any case, it's a tribute to Mosquito, so Pixel Dan is happy. Yep, Dan is happy. He's a happy pappy. And now Hordak's back. Well, you can't keep a good villain down. Come on. I mean, he has the most variants in the line next to He-Man. And Skeletor. I think he did Skeletor in the classics line so far. Okay, let's see. Skeletor, Toys R Us Skeletor, Toothless Skeletor, Battle Armor Skeletor, Dragon Blaster Skeletor. Okay. Nope, we're still there. And we have two more Skeletors. No, Adventure Skeletor. No, he beat Hordak. No, Adventure Skeletor, and we still have two more Skeletors to go. You're right, you're right. You never know. They might do another Hordak. <laughs> well, yeah, because we could still do, like, Bassa Hordak, 2000X Hordak. Then we could do Crystal Pepsi Hordak. <laughs> um, how about Unleashed Hordak? Come on, they already have the figure. All they have to do is attach a bunch of lines to them. Oh, don't give Mattel ideas. Hey, this the they, San Diego they could, exclusive. They could still do a new 52 Hordak, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself because there I have a bit to rant about. But let's just stick to naked blue Hordak being free, and let's just move on with the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, we are spending a lot of time on just the first two pages. Well, that's because they added a lot of neat, neat tidbits and Easter eggs on those first two pages. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. When we get to the the mini-comic that comes with Ular, oh, boy. But that's <laughs> uh, another rent for another day. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's kind of weird seeing the heroic warriors chilling out with Snake Men. Yeah. I'm chilling in Snake Mountain. Well, first of all, I got to point out, I like looking at uh, Clam Champ right there. Even though he's a minor character, it's nice at throwing in those guys. And looking at that Snake Mountain, it gets me thinking. Do you think uh, that's going to be the toy one we're going to get? That's 2000X Snake Mountain, and I would be a happy camper if we got a Snake Mountain, either 2000X or Filmation, just because it looks like a mountain with a snake on it worthy of the name Snake Mountain. The vintage toy Snake Mountain. I'm sorry, but that was more like... Wolf, demon, head, something, something. Look, there's a little green worm mountain. I would call it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it a mountain. Not even a hill. Well, actually, yeah. I would call it, call it a molehill 
because that thing was tiny. Well, I'm just thinking here because I keep seeing that design. We've seen it in the toys. We've seen them in um, media more often than the Filmation. The Filmation one had kind of like those angular structure and all that. This one, the 2000X one, has been around a little more. So I keep thinking if they're going to do it, it's probably going to be this one. Yeah, and this is very similar to the one that they were showing with the Minis Masters, if that stuff ever went through. Oh, yeah, the, the Mini Masters had a 2000X inspired Snake Mountain. Yep. So I'd say our, if we ever do get a Snake Mountain, it might have this influence. But I also like that we're seeing, besides Clamp Champ, because I'm already on the next page. I'm sorry, guys. We're even seeing Multibot and all those. Scorpia with the Horde. We're seeing the wrap of the Horde from 2000X trying to cover up Naked Horde Act. And Mudlick is wearing a purple cloak. Oh yeah, and one thing we must point out. 2000X Snake Mountain, Filmation Throne. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're taking the best elements of each Snake Mountain and putting them together in a cohesive style. Oh my god, I'm sounding like I'm a teleplay trying to sell a classic <laughs> Snake Mountain. Well, it is classics. I mean, this is what classics is about. If they're going to do a uh, Snake Mountain playset, and I keep saying if, uh, I expect them to throw in a little Filmation tributes, and I wouldn't mind a Filmation throne over the uh, 2000X throne. I think it would fit better. Yeah. Well, it's the most iconic Skeletor throne, in all fairness. And yeah, in the next line, you do get to see uh it's more classic sort of style. It's up Scorpia. Scorpia looks off. I like how everybody looks. That's right. Well, it's an updated filmation look. Uh, Mantena looks a lot like the classic toy, and Leech, well, Leech looks a bit more dinosaur-like in this pic here, but they're all, they're all there, and Chrysler is a new design with that's carrying a bit of the Fright Zone puppet on his back, but I wonder if anybody's actually tried making a custom of that. You know what? That naked Hordak, again, I, I know I'm going once again with the naked Hordak thing, but it's tempting me just to get, to see if there are any figures that have, in that scale, that have robes like that just to make like that dark, dark Emperor Hordak kind of thing. Cause I actually like Hordak in robes more than in the armor. Yeah. I mean, I might turn around and do a little, uh, sewing for my Buzzsaw Hordak, get rid of the Buzzsaw, and make him more of the Emperor Hordak that we're seeing here. And now you gave Mattel more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to admit, it, he does look cool. Oh, but his, yes. But his robes can't be plastic, it would have to be fabric. Yeah, and Mattel is not really happy with that. I, I honestly wouldn't mind, like, a plastic. It makes sense with the clip-ons and... Um, the way he kind of looks like it, but uh, he gave Mattel ideas. Okay, that's the 2016 exclusive. But I do like the secret door that can only be activated by the blood. Which, if you buy one of the Castle Grayskull manhole covers, I, know, I think Hebro is the one that has the trapdoor kind of thing. Well, all you need to do is get yourself an emo hordeck, and you could recreate that with classics. Blood sold separately. Oh, God. We're starting to sound more and more like a Maddie Collector commercial. Yeah, it's influenced us, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. By the 2000X sub. 
Got to sub up. Got to sub up. No, but I could see something that I want Mattel to make from this first comic. And I know there's been customizers out there making this sword. That new sword that Hordak forges. And you're just giving Mattel ideas. No, but let's be fair. That sword would make a neat accessory to come with a figure. Because, I mean, something that the Horde lacks is swords. I know that. Some shapeways masters have taken the task and making a sweet vampire fang trident sword that someone may have co-designed, but I'm not saying that it was me, but it was me, but <laughs> all non-modesty aside. I mean, come on. We, we have... need, the horde needs swords. Yeah, Period. we have enough crossbows. I'm sorry. We have crossbows coming out of every horde member. From multiple parts. Yeah, but that was their thing. You know, Horde members did crossbows. That was kind of no, their... That, that's their thing, but they kind of need swords in case that a crossbow is too uncomfortable to fight in. I mean, Catra has a sword. Catra uh, has a sword. Um, Octavia has four Oct- of them. No, Octavia has... Yeah, she has the swords too. So Octavia gets to lose all her swords because she has to share with the other Horde ladies. But I mean, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, they do what? need other weapons. I mean, come on! When you go into battle, you're not just bringing a crossbow. Well, you could, but for the for this whole thing, like for example, Skeletor has plenty of swords to choose from. He's got that Filmation Bungle sword. He's got that 2000 X sword. So there, he's covered. King His has the shield and the snake staff. I wouldn't say no to a snake sword for the king. And Hordak, he's got the staff or the crossbow. Well, or the cannon if you're using Hurricane Hordak. And even Hurricane Hordak sort of has, like, the four sword prong thing and the thunderbolt mace. So he's he's thinking melee as well. But that horde sword is pretty cool. Let's just leave it at that. Horde sword, pretty cool. And it was forged in the same forge with that the power sword and the sword of protection was made, so... We know this Horde Sword is the real deal. Well, I'm all for that, and I do like the, the concept. And then the Castle Grayskull now, or however it's called now, looks creepy. Yeah, I love how Castle Grayskull takes new forms throughout the series, where it's not just a building, it's also a character. And you can see the darkness in it. And in that panel, it kind of looks like the castle is screaming, I am the power. Yep, and I know on the next page, I guess the artists have been listening to the ladies giving us man-in-arms half-naked, too. Giving us a little eye candy, thank you. I don't know, I think that gives dad issues. (laughs) Hey, an old man, he still has some bod. Well, everybody has a bod in the Masters of the Universe. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's kind of weird, and a small part of me is almost tempted to say that, you know what? I kind of want a bearded Duncan, but no, 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 no more Duncan Barrett's. Please, Mattel. <laughs> no, just put the bearded head in a head pack. Come on. They're doing head packs now. I was going to say, if you want a shirtless Duncan. Uh, that That's easy. I just pop off the legs of an A Duncan. I look one of the many naked Masters of the Universe figures. Naked Torso Masters of the Universe figures pop in those legs then pop in the the Duncan head and call it a day. But what I was going to say about that bearded Duncan, he 
kind of looks a bit like Randor there when he's like drop kicking the snake man. Yeah. That's why Duncan needs to shave that beard and just keep the stash. Randor, full beard, long hair. Duncan, stash. Well, before that, I got to point out the cool little cameos again. We see Manny faces and we see the snake man toy. The Snakeman Army Builder. Yeah, they're right there in the armor and everything. And in the almost same shades of yellow. Yeah. And we see Mothman there hanging out, chilling, and Ram Man in the back. Yeah, there's a few cool cameos there. Yeah, that's why we can't call these writers and artists the B-team anymore. I'm sorry. They've done their homework. They have embraced the canon. Well, I'm, I want to clarify. I'm not calling them the B team for their lack of talent. I'm just no. saying they, they're not working on the A series. And they're not the big name guys like, say, Jeff Jones, just to name a guy. It has nothing to do with my hatred of Sir Laser Lock. It's just that he's a big DC guy. And it has nothing to do with this issue, but as facts are facts, this is not their, you know, headliners for uh, oh, DC Comics. That. And again, there's nothing wrong with being on the B squad. You, these guys are young, and not because they're young, they're talented. They're on DC Comics for a reason. Now, on the next page, I'm I like watching the Snake Men. The squeeze kind of throws me off a little. I never liked those snake hand, the snake head hats. I never did. They're weird, but I like that they went with the more 2000x head on him because it looks more anaconda like and less. Cartoon alligator drawn by a, by a five-year-old that the vintage figure has. But it's kind of cool seeing men at arms like going up against this group of snake men without weapons, without full armor. Well, he just wants to see his daughter to make sure she's okay. Exactly, and that's it. And that's what makes this this part so amazing. And that's what I meant earlier by saying that the characters were acting like the cat were being written like the characters. And having Duncan going into a fight head first, no weapons, no armor, against the statement, just to be with his daughter. That just screams men at arms to me. Well, I'm sure... In situations still as in danger, of course. I'm sure any father would do anything to get to his child. Yeah, considering her child was transformed. Into a god, but but he still as a mortal man, he'll face the odds for his for his child's well-being. So we need more of the more of this. Less. Oh, we just decapitated the sorceress just for kicks, or killing an entire race of people because shock value. Well, yeah. Let's go back to the comic. Well, we're heading to the part where they're retelling everything. You know, the in case you missed that part. Uh, going back to the issues, you know, and. I gotta admit, this area drags a little for me, cause I'm already like, I read this already, you know, I know what happened. Yeah, but it's a little recap for those who are lost, so. Or those who never read the last series. Yeah, but in comic book terms, they usually refer to it, and, you know, it has a little square somewhere in there saying, see, and <laughs> oh, and they refer to the issue. Yeah, but that, that's in the past. <laughs> that's in the past now. No. And it's not like they, it's not like we have like a network connected of computers connected everywhere where information could be shared. If we had something like that, all these flashback exposition pages of issues that issues have already dealt with in the recent past wouldn't be needed. If only. Yeah, but it still detracts for those of us who have followed along. Yeah. 
And here we go back with the whole the tra- the betrayal by the guard, Addy, the whole Eye of Chrono, blah blah blah. Super secret gem weapons, blah 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 blah. King Grayskull is dead. Castle, the town of Grayskull got burned. The sorcerers got a piece. Skeletor got the other. Now we have to find them, blah 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 blah. And now let's get back to the action of Man at Arms beating the crap out of the Snake Men. Well, they go back to the gemstones, which, I mean, that dates back all the way back. To the very first mini-comic, I think it was the Sir Lancelot, or Sir Lancelot. <laughs> no, I think it was the, sec- the second or third one with Man-at-Arms that he was, like, he went all spy and something. Yeah, something. yeah but they also <laughs> mentioned it in the very first one, too, when it was all in the shadows and all like that, and we had no clue about this, and they showed also Cherry Hordak. Well, that one always threw me off now with the the skull thing, because at first I thought it was uh, Hordak. It's Horde Prime. Okay, so that that red skull is Horde Prime. Yeah. Which now kind of confuses me. Uh, it's the from the uh, origin of Hordak issue. It was explained there. Uh, that's the one with Sodak being his brother or something. Yeah. Happened one million years ago and so on. Okay, so that was Horde Prime, not Hordak. Yeah. Eh, it still confuses me. And they still haven't explained the whole Agent Spectre thing. I know, Crystal Spectre obsession, but we have to be fair. It was mentioned in the comic, but never explained. We need an explanation. <laughs> Even if it's just a one comic of Spectre, it's like, this mess, I'm out of here, we might not find out until later on in the war. Because remember, Spectre is a lieutenant. But something, because he was mentioned, and, and it's not and it's not because I'm Spectre obsessed, it's because it was mentioned, it was unresolved, we've been like, what, two years, and <laughs> nothing has happened with Spectre. Then. Spectre has left the building permanently. <laughs> and I'm sure that, aside me, there, besides me, there's only, there's at least one person worried about the fate of the DC Comics Spectre. Oh, you're right. They did mention him in that mini-comic. And then that was it. And you think things would have been resolved once they fixed the time thing in that mini-series, but here we are. Now, if they pull a uh, X-Men Days of Future Past thing, <laughs> where they change everything and all that never happened, and everything's back to quote-unquote normal, with uh, Skeletor in Snake Mountain, and the bad guys are there. He-Man is here. Adora is on Etheria. And it's going to happen like the Filmation version instead of this dark, greedy version. I'm done. I'm done. I'm flipping them off, and I'm leaving. But in the next page, we have Adora not trusting the sorceress. I guess she has good reason not to trust her, even though... To be fair, to be fair, ever since... Ever since the comic started, Tila hasn't been exactly a trustworthy person, a people person, and hasn't been very nice at all. So, no. And somebody pointed it out with that issue with Shira. I mean, she was like, "Oh, are you mages? Do you ever give straight answers?" This is exactly what Tila, or I guess the character, fell through. That they always have to be elusive. They always have to give riddles, and they never say. They always say, "Oh, you will find the challenge." Of your life in there. And it's like, what is it? The challenge of your life. Well, what exactly is it? It's a challenge of your life. No, I mean... Stop telling me the law. Just tell me the truth. 
Is it like a monster in there? Is there like a dragon in there? Uh, am no. I going to fight a reflection of myself? What am, exactly am I going to fight in there? What? Challenge of your life. I'm going to slap you if you don't tell me. And they are. And I'm glad they're changed. They acknowledge it. And, and it's it's a growing development here. But it does get frustrating when they start filling the roles. Because at this point, I'm kind of... With the back issues, I saw the goddess and Tila. And I was like, there's no difference between you and the sorceress at this point. And I'm right. glad now you're starting to see some changes. I knew, or again, good story was that they knew Man-at-Arms is going to have to talk to his daughter. And this was a good interaction. And it was quick to the point, because I don't get that these guys have deep conversations. You know, the daughter just says, Crystal's, you know, Crystal C. And he's like, all right. You know, that that's kind of how a dad is. Yep. And I got I got to say it. Even though Thelus, ah, goddess and all that, that whole interaction with the man arms actually humanized her more than when she was a mortal. Yeah, and then at the very end, you're seeing Daddy coming out saying, um, it's still cold in the dark hemisphere. You want to dress warmly, sort of like cover up, girl? You're dressed all trashy. <laughs> you're no longer that teenage was at the palace with me. Still, the father would be like, you're dressing trashy. Don't be a Miley. <laughs> yes, Daddy. Okay, and then again, we got to jump to the end. Give Yeah, we're like, finally. And I like this version of Skeletor. I like his design. I just missed his lower jaw. Yeah, I mean, we could always have a head variant, but... <laughs> Wait, didn't we get that variant already with Demo Man? Well... He's got that, that that Viking helmet on. Yeah, but actually, this DC Skeletor, it still looks like familiar Skeletor. Sure, it, he's got a bit of chainmail fetish, but you look at him and you say, Dude, that's Skeletor. Yep, no uh, mistaking that. And he has the dog feet. That's as 80s masters as you can get. Skeletor with dog feet. Yeah, and... Um... I liked his design. He deserved that full page at the end. And uh, I got to say, this was a good start. So, number two, we've got a great shot of Battle Cat and He-Man. I don't like that gold design. I don't care for the gold design, but I think it's supposed to be like the dawn reflecting off the armor. Nope, that's gold armor. Yeah. He needs red, red armor. And that, those weird bits of hanging fur, they're trying to mimic a mane, like an honoring battle lion or something, but nope. I don't like that design for battle fighter. I have to be a bit traditionalist here with him. And here's the thing, the one in the cover looks a bit better, but only if it was in the traditional red color. Then the one in the, the splash page, it, nope, just nope. Does, that gold doesn't work. For Battlecat, at least for me. No, make it red, then it, with maybe a few gold highlights. This way it is picking up this gold from He-Man's armor if they wanted that. But I do like how they made Battlecat much bigger and all like that than we've seen him. The first few pages is just them marching and to give you an idea of how big the Snake Army is. And then it's not like till the third page that you actually see He-Man and the gold-armored Battlecat. Yeah, I don't like that design. I don't like it. And I keep thinking, where did they get the uh, T-Rexes and <laughs> Bionas? 
But that's, again, going back to their research, because at the very end of the 80s line, we did get the dinosaurs in the Masters of the Universe, too. Yeah, but those were from Preternia. And we, and that, and there we had Gwildor, Time Travel Key, unless we're saying that Spectre went back in time and brought dinosaurs for the theme. And, well, and they could have been trapped underground with the uh, Snake Men, and when they... Came up, they brought up some dinosaurs too. Okay, I will concede that. I, I okay, I'll I'll let that slide. Okay, I'll accept that theory. Again, I don't like that He-Man has a cape. It just looks weird. And don't they know the trouble with capes? Heroes with capes always get them stuck somewhere. Look at what happened to Madonna just recently with her cape. Is it me or, he, or does he looks a bit? I don't know, kind of Vegas magician. <laughs> Thing going on, <laughs> and now with the whole big tiger thing. <laughs> well, now I can't escape that idea. But we learned an important thing on this page: electric razors exist on Eternia. Really advanced electric razors. I mean, <laughs> when I let my beard grow, it takes me an hour to shave it off. But this guy did it in seconds, and he gave himself a haircut too. For a second there, I was kind of digging the mud and chops he had. Actually, they do give him a bit of a personality. But no, clean-shaven, traditional man-at-arms look. And so far, I mean, the next couple of issues, not much happens. They're building up to the story. They have the discussion, and you kind of get an idea that they they got some plan going. They're finally going to show play their hands. And then we're jumping ahead to the battle, which I have to give credit. It was really cool watching that battle. Yes. We get... We get tons of cameos there because we get Dylamog, we get uh, this guy, Colonel Blast, and we get the Horde Troopers and the Snake Men. Really cool battle. Which I got to bring up. Dylamog, do you think we'll see him in Classics figures? Maybe if the line continues in 2016, but not this year. Yeah, and I kind of see him like a large-scale beast. Uh, well, Dylamog to me, visually, is almost like the, the Horde... Modok, and based on how other co- how Toy Biz did their Modok as a build a figure, uh, the proportions of Dylamog, I almost see him as a beast like, and I think they could get away with some reuse from some of Multibot's parts, but it's gonna be a completely new skull. Yeah, but he'd need to be like super lightweight on his core. And he'd need sturdier legs because the spindly arms and legs that Filmation gave him, a good toy it would not make. No, because the weight would just collapse the legs. And then in the battle, I gotta say, I was grossed out with serpent archers. (laughs) It's just acid spit. (laughs) It's just wrong to spit at your enemy. Even if it's poisoning. Loogie archers. But now we must dodge the heartbreaking part of the of the issue with space, the final frontier, and having Duncan and Roboto being the first Eternians in space. I gotta say, that Roboto design was awesome. Yes. And he's gotta be huge. I mean, Man-at-Arms, this is where I kind of wrestled with Portion here. And maybe you guys can help me out with this. Man-at-Arms, uh, his whole body is in Roboto's chest, and his head sharing the head. That's what I... What I'm seeing... That's what I'm not so sure about. I'm not sure if Roboto is basically a giant mech armor where Duncan is on the chest and maybe the head, or if Roboto became an exosuit, 
like say Iron Man. And I'm almost more inclined to think about Roboto being more of the second than the first. Where Roboto would be the Jarvis. Pretty much, but I don't sadly we don't have many many images so we can judge Roboto in size compared to other characters. Well, as we get along, I, to me, it kind of changes, and that's kind of where I had an issue with. It looks like they keep changing it. And then uh, the next issue, the next panel, I had an issue with the Horde have Spidor, and to me, I, I kind of Spidor is a completely Skeletor creature. Yeah, they should have been released the Mandisaur, so or the Monstroid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like again. Spidor should be a Skeletor creature. But I. But on the other hand. Well, uh, not our preference. It was cool to see Spider. Even though story-wise it doesn't make that much sense since, it, since it's a skeletal creature or vehicle or whatever, then it should have been on Snake Mountain. And by the way, where is the rest of Skeletor's forces? Who knows? They might still be on Earth. I hope not. Well, not really, because then Batman would just be whipping them all. I mean, come on. Evil Lynn's uh, origin issue was the Fifty Shades of of Evil Lynn. Well, she was rather free with the loving, wasn't she? Oh, yes. But getting back to the uh, issue, I mean, not much was going on when they were battling Spidor. Then we're back in space again. And I do like the uh, designs. I mean, it makes absolute sense. There's a big giant satellite up there that the Horde uses to bomb areas. Again, I find it, well, it's strange, but yet it isn't, that Eternia doesn't have any space technology. They have laser weapons, they have advanced flying vehicles, but no space technology. But that goes with the whole mythos. We never had, the only space technology came with Marlena. And I'm surprised that Duncan didn't try to reverse engineer that. Well, he might have for like the Wind Raiders and all that. But and he had to know something on it to repair the second spaceship when the two uh, astronauts came later on in the second se- second um, season of He-Man, Visitors from Earth. And then Roboto in the Filmation universe came from outer space with the spaceship. So you think they tap, but in this one, uh, which is a completely different uh, canon and all that. There's, they have super advanced technology. They have an advanced robot, but no space tech. Well, maybe maybe Eternians are not interested in seeing what's beyond their world. They already have a pretty magical world, so it's like uh, outer space. Eh. And if they want to go to another planet, they go through a portal. Yeah, I guess that might be it. They're like, why bother? We have portals. We've got a portal for that. <laughs> oh, great! I just pictured. Eternal toilets. They just have a portal that they toss all their ways to Snake Mountain. No wonder Skeletor is so angry. <laughs> and why it stinks? Now you think about it, that might answer the question of why there's no toilets in the Castle Grayskull. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I asked... Uh, <laughs> where's, yeah, Axel. I was like, I asked him, where's the toilet? He's like, it's in the back somewhere. <laughs> you would think on the map they would put that there because someone would be asking, where's the toilet? How do they oh. go to the bathroom? Well, this guy, somebody said the sorceress turns into a falcon and flies. <laughs> and she poops on vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Okay. Well, I Great. opened up uh, Snake Mountain quite a lot. Great. <laughs> we just went from Masters of the Universe to poop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole battle... The whole battle on Eter on the surface of the Eternia while Man at Arms is working on space is it's racking up the tension because the horde has this the whole obliterator laser thing and the aftermath uh, wait I think we we have a on the last page we Roboto's glass chest uh, kind of allows us to see Duncan so yeah you were right Renee Roboto is oversized. Yeah, that's the thing, but the size keeps changing a little bit if you go through the issues. Yeah, it does. And so I'm more inclined to think it's a mecha suit. And I'm gonna say this, while the design looks cool, I would not like an oversized Roboto where Man-at-Arms can ride him in classics because based on this pat, on the, on this page, we may have Duncan be a goner soon. Unless Roboto has some airbags in there. Tila's gonna lose her daddy. Well, the, that could happen, but then I was also having a halo moment where Master Chief got knocked into orbit and he was crashing into Earth. Yeah, but Spartan armor is super resistant, super resistant, blah blah blah, yada yada. And maybe since Man at Arms seems to be kinda of curled in a fetal position, he may survive the fall. Some, we'll just have to wait and see until the. Next issue, or the issue following that, or the issue following that, because if they don't answer, what's Spectre's importance? <laughs> we may never get an answer if Duncan's alive or not. You know, that would be a really jerk move, like, this never gets explained, then, and then, like, 20 issues down the road, Duncan, like, hey guys, I'm back. <laughs> to me. You know Duncan's gonna survive because he's turned to a snake man. He might come back very critical and the only way to save his life is using the ring of the serpents where he's turned into a snake man. Well that's an option but it's hard to say right now and I am disappointed they didn't address it in issue 3. I kept waiting this whole month to see that cliffhanger and that was a great cliffhanger and then this one no it's, it's completely different. I just realized something in the cover of Eternity War 3, Shira's got a brand new shield. And this time, the gold looks good on Swiftwind. It makes sense here. And I do like those horde uh, flying bikes or whatever the uh, they're flying. Yeah, I mean, with Hordak's face on it. It looks cool, but yet we don't see them in the <laughs> issue at all. Yeah, so let's jump on this. Bunch of Wind Raiders still available at MedicorElector.com. So go get yours so you can recreate your Eternity War. Yeah, it could be they're selling them. That's why they hate you. <laughs> Notice, no sky sleds. It's all Wind Raiders. Which, again, it's weird since we were led to believe that the Wind Raider was just the one. But in any case, it kind of looks cool seeing, like, the sky full of Wind Raiders. Yes, it does. And the and the first panel, the scope, like, the bunch of Wind Raiders, they look small compared to the swarm of Horde vehicles. And then on the next page, we get more exposition. and. The Stone of the Sword is explained that it's related to, to the Eyes of Grayskull, which, again, it's a good thing to get an explanation why the Stone on the Sword is red. And this makes sense. Yeah, this one I didn't mind, because it was like a one-page exposition, 
and generally I'm like, okay, these eyes things, which date back all the way back to the original issues, make sense now. I'm like, okay, we're going to go get them. They're looking for them. Jump to the next one. It's a sandstorm. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. And then, oh, Voltec. Nice, nice having that guy there. Oh, I know. That was so sweet to see him digging into the filmation library of villains from Pop. And again, this is what we needed when Masters of the Universe Classics was at its heyday at the top. Because here we're getting characters that don't get that much love, get some love. And I'll be honest, until this comic, I wasn't that big fan of Voltec. But now it's like, you know what? If he comes, I'm gladly taking him because it gives the Horde some air support, something they don't have right now. And it's a pretty easy design to make for Mattel, so logistics and all that. Yeah, I mean, they've got most of the figure pretty much done. It probably is just hands and the uh, head. Head and armor. Head and armor because we have we need a Horde armor that can fit the wings. Yes. Everything else we already have. Well, even then, I mean, the armor piece, you're right. It, it's, it's absolutely not a problem. They already have the wings, and it's an easy kit bash. It really will be an easy kit bash. Let's put him on the list for 2016. And he does have a fan following, because I've seen plenty of costumes of him using the Hawkman wings from DC Universe Classics. So, yeah. Which, I point out, Mattel is allowed to use them. Well... They are using them on Angela next month, so... Well, that's Hawk Girls they're using next month. Same thing, Hawkman, Hawk Girl. They well, can use both. molds from that defunct line because the molds are Mattel property. As long as they don't use parts that are specifically designed for DC characters, like, say, Batman's head or Superman's ass on a Master's figure... Come on, we know that they've used Masters parts on the DCs. Yeah, because they don't have a problem using their own, but DC had problems using characters for them. That's the issue they had. They they said, well, that's our character, and you're repurposing that mold of our character for another line. And that was the issue they had. But when they do parts, they can't argue because wings are wings. Yeah, and they were uh-huh. sculpted by the Four Horsemen, those figures. And wings are wings, and wings will look the same. No ma- If they're sculpted by the same people, they're going to look the same. That's that's what happened with a McFarlane ape that kind of looks similar to when they did uh, Grodd on DC. And then with Gygor in Classics, people were saying that it looked like they reused Grodd. But how many ways can you sculpt a gorilla? Right. And by the same team who sculpted that other gorilla, well, you're going to see some similarity. Again, I have to admit, the uh, Power Ranger Stratos has kind of grown on me a little bit. Now that we're seeing him in proportions closer to Classics figures, now he looks a bit better. But again, it surprises me, whoever did this comic, they had a bunch of Wind Raiders, only one Stratos. We know Buzz-Off is around. And again, no Avians, no Andrenids. Well, they do mention that the Avians at Voltec has killed a few, so... They happened off-panel, but yeah, it would have been cool to see generic alien warriors, generic Andrenid warriors. And then the classic joke, He-Man's girlfriend. Yep. I'm so, I, I'm going to say it. I'm honestly surprised that they didn't cut that, like, oh, no, He-Man's gay. Cause you know the title joke that, that people make when making fun of He-Man. Oh, He-Man's totally gay. But at least, at least 
they canned that whole silly joke thing about Shira being his girlfriend, but even though the co- this comic is killing that joke, nipping that button, that joke in the bud, twenty years from now we're gonna we're still gonna hear Shira is Heman's girlfriend. They totally made out. Well, that came from the the um, the lay people, the the people who just are not aware, who didn't know the background. Yeah, in the beginning, uh, a lot of people uh, thought about that in the 80s. They were like, oh, He-Man has a girlfriend now. How cute. Because that happened in other comic books. You know, with the uh, Batgirl and Batman thing, or Batwoman back in the day, before she became a red-headed lesbian, the original character. And so they, they that kind of played off that, thinking, oh, look, they made a girlfriend for her. Which was a trend, remember? Back in the 80s? Yes, yeah. So everybody just assumed that. I don't know if maybe Mattel actually thought of that in the beginning. No, let's 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 just back away from the Lannisters of Eternia, guys. Well, I'm not saying that now. I'm just saying that no, no, when she was on the drawing board and they no, were they were kind of yeah, working on that because well, that line of that line of thought leads leads to jokes about them being boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh yeah, they're brother and sister. Ah, it doesn't matter. Well, this was from, no, 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 here, hear me out. This was from the era where we had the bionic man and the bionic woman. Yep. This was the era where they were doing that, and they ended up being couples. Yeah, and then we had Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and everybody got a distaff counterpart, and they paired up, and I'm aware of the trend, but I just want to back away from the topic as fast as we can so we can get back to Catra and Scorpia (laughs) bickering. Just like we remember. Oh, I know. That brought me back when I saw those two fighting. I was like, thank God they kept that. Which, again, makes sense because women don't get along. And Scorpion seems to be inspired by the classics figure because she's got that, that bumpy Scorpion forearm and her skirt is almost pizza pie-like. <laughs> hey, gives her some character. I mean, don't forget, Filmation... We used a lot of cells, so they didn't want to put de- too much detail in any character in case it didn't line up with new uh, animation cells that they were using for that episode. Yeah, and I always argue with people who talk about, oh, they want a filmation this, a filmation that. They did that on purpose because they couldn't. If they could, they would have added the details. Right. They were doing it purely on economics. This was the, towards the End of the Filmation Company. They wanted to keep it all in the U.S. Yeah, they had to cut some corners some places. Save time and money, so... Yeah. It made sense at the time. Now, in the end, it did hurt the company, but that's all hindsight now. And then going back to here, um, now I, I do like the idea that they had. Last issue was land battle. Here, we're seeing a sky battle. I hope eventually we see a sea battle. Oh, this way we can see Mermista decapitate Merman? Well, we're not on Etheria <laughs> yet, but it would be nice. Yeah, I'd have been coming over to help Shira and all of them. Uh, maybe she was captured by the Horde and she broke free and something, something. We get exposition, 10 pages in flashbacks or something. <laughs> no, no, but all jokes aside, it would be nice to see a land, sea, and air battle because that, that would mean that the entire... The entire planet is being covered in in war, and we're seeing war in all of its angles. But back on this air battle, it looks pretty good, especially especially when when she jumps off Swift Wind to break 
the airship that's just so filmation it hurts and it was again great action shots i mean i love her figure as she's smashing down the sword i mean she's not dainty <laughs> no and then getting right back on swiftwind and i kind of have an issue with the next issue because voltac orders a retreat and we're like okay and then all stratos does is give him a punch yeah, I mean, come on. You could have done better, Stratos. Figure well, what he's done to your people. All you do is punch him. And it's a war. Kill him. Wait, guys, wait. The whole the whole Voltec retreat retreat is a nod to the 80s where the, where the battles... The moment they didn't go, the bad guys wait. They just left and everyone let them go out. Okay, the punch is a nice surprise since 80s cartoon characters don't punch people. And I'm just making this up as I go because Stratos should have totally gone Wolverine on Voltec and stab him with those big, huge wink claws he's got. Yeah! Yeah, he should have decapitated him. Or maybe chop off his wings. I mean, it's a war. Chop off his wings and take him as a prisoner of war. There we go. Just to keep the good guys don't kill vibe kind of thing. And then the next few panels... You see kind of things develop, and you can tell these guys have been watching a lot of filmation. The Temple of the Sun. Yep. One day, <laughs> one day we're going to see your favorite nope, character. Nope, 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 nope. Don't <laughs> say it. I didn't, but he is your favorite. Nope, 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 nope. We're going to see Batman, the book thief. <laughs> I mean, come on, a whole temple just rose from the uh, sands, courtesy of a sword being stuck in it. Oh, that's a simple thing. Ow. And the next few panels, I love completely. Catra, Scorpio, fighting Shira. Yep. And one tiny nitpick I'm going to... Well, as a Filmation fan, the whole idea that Adora just discards the whole secret identity thing in one sentence, it hurt me. But on the other hand, badass Shira fight, punching, kicking, chopping off tails. Whoa, mama. Yeah, I mean, it did hurt me that yeah, we're leaving that secret identity, but it goes with the whole theme of this crew of writers. Adam gave up his, so it's all good and fair that Shiro should say, Come on, guys, you know me. I'm going to kick your butt again. Well, you got to admit, at this point, it's it's rather redundant and pointless to have a secret identity. Who yeah. are you protecting? I mean, Dad's dead, Mom's on Earth. And even then, they were important people. <laughs> they were still targets. Yeah, but Katra got a, a huge pummel to the face by this, by Adora's sword pummel. I mean, this is the way I wanted to see Shira fight in the 80s. Because you knew she wasn't the good girl being raised by the Horde. She knew how they fought and could get down and dirty. I mean, oh, this is a great cat fight. And Scorpio lost a lot of blood in in that attack. Well, at that point, I was like, whoa, cutting off the tail, because that kills a scorpion. <laughs> Screw formation, I'm killing Scorpia. Well, again, I don't know if he kills, if she killed Scorpia, but cutting the tail off a scorpion is serious. Yeah, and figuring how much blood she's losing, I don't think she'll be back on the battlefield for a long time. And I love that they kept the transformation with Catra. Or she'll come back with a cybernetic. Ooh, cyber Scorpia. Oh, up oh, there you go. Now you're creating new characters for Maddie. Yeah, but Cyber Scorpion would look sexy. As sexy as a cybernetic scorpion woman would look. 
I'm I'm just thinking the horseman sculpt of a cybernetic scorpion tail combined with the organics and and I'm having flashbacks of their tenure at McFarlane. A beauty in a sense of toys. The one tiny nitpick I have about Panther Catra is that she doesn't have her formation armor. I don't know exactly the wording for it, but again, it's kind of redundant. I mean, I do think we need something to let us know it's Catra. I think they should have kept the mask on the face. Yeah. That part, yes. I can't see the red coat like in the filmation because we don't need it. She's transformed. The clothing disappeared. It didn't just reorganize itself. And now that I'm looking at it well, the halfway point has cat, have Catra, have cat dressed like Catra is a bit funny. Well, you know the way, you know how I envisioned it was I envisioned the red mask like being a fur design, like how cats have it. Okay. Like, like she had that like a red, good. like her face had the red fur color in it. In the shape of the mask. Yeah. I get it. I get it that she looks, but to me, it kind of looks too much like Panthor here. Yeah, that's the that's the issue right there. It doesn't look like Catherine looks like Panthor, but yeah, maybe like a fur marking on of the mask. I don't care if she if her clothes tear when she turns into a cat. Although the comic book code authority would have had an issue when she turned back, but good thing that's no longer applicable here. And here at that issue, she gave her a slice right across the chest. Yep. She should be dead. Well, we do see both of them passed out near death, I'd say. <laughs> and here comes Mumra. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, dude. It is Mumra at this point. And now we get daddy issues with Shira. Against Mumra. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that thing is not Hordak. No. Here's our Thundercats tribute for the crossover. Uh, I had, I found this to be a little painful. Yeah, I, Mumbra is a great design for it. Um, I couldn't think of some, some design. It just, it, this design just does not look good. I have issues with that design. Uh, I don't want to see it as a figure. I keep thinking, really, they, they couldn't do something else. I mean, they couldn't make like a Buzzsaw Hordak. They couldn't put the gold armor. On him or something. No, this, this is the route they decided to go with. And, and you know what? If he didn't have that Mumra face mask, and it was just Hordak with the traditional cow, maybe the design would have been acceptable. But that that face mask, it's what ruins that Hordak for me. I just don't like the spiky uh, protruding armor parts. I mean, they're all over. They're, they're around his chest. They're on his shoulders. and I'm wondering uh, if that's so... From him you, tapping into the power of Grayskull. Well, it that's is. That's going to be the excuse, but I mean, well, that doesn't yes, excuse the horrible design. But okay. that, the last ish, the last uh, panel until next month. I think I think I've got it. This is not simply Mumra. This is the love child of Mumra, Hordak, and the Azrael bat suit. Oh, not a good combination. I don't want to see <laughs> oh. the making of. <laughs> Screams 90s extreme. That reminds me of Doomsday. Yeah, with the protruding parts. Yeah, you're Uh, right. uh. Can we please just state that this style needs to retire? (laughs) Yes, this this Hordak look needs to be retired permanently. And if Spectre would so kindly 
retcon it out of existence would be even better. Well, overall, aside from this design, I gotta give this series a thumbs up. You gotta forgive some of the designs. I guess they're trying to be out there, but overall, good job. Yeah, I have not been disappointed. Yeah, and I'm nitpicking the design because it's the only thing that's given me something really big to nitpick about that holds some weight. Because the rest of my nitpicks have been pretty exaggerated for comedic value. But the story so far has been pretty good, has been riveting and toying with the idea of losing man-at-arms due to a space crash landing. It's a much better way to lose Duncan than Clamchamp killed him. Sorry, Scott, but that Clamchamp killed him bit kind of sucked, but this possible death of Duncan seems a bit better. Yes. Because this one really hurts and it doesn't, and it doesn't seem like, feels like an organic death scene rather than shock value, he's dead. Let's bring in new toys. We already gave them enough ideas. Yeah, all we, all, all this comic needs is a Stan Bush soundtrack. Well, I think that's about it for this uh, podcast. Unless you guys can think of anything else we need to cover. Nope, we got it all. We got, we got it all. We'll save the Ular and Huntara bios for another episode. And don't forget to check out our friends over at He-Man.org for up-to-the-minute news on anything He-Man and Masters of the Universe related. And don't forget to check out the official He-Man YouTube channel every Thursday and Sunday for new content. Otherwise, till next time, good journey. I'm Renee, wishing you all a good journey. I'm Yoni, good journey. Obviously, Ranting Crespo, gonna be wishing you a good journey, but yeah, you could get all the giants in one bundle shipping pack if you wait till March and Soda Cut. They still got Beastman, Skeletor, Stratos, and E-Man, so... And then you just have to wait till the summer for a man-at-arms, which is the last of the giants. But getting five out of six in one in one blow, it may save you some money on shipping. That's $75 a pop? Hey, whatever floats their boat. <laughs> I'm not judging what they buy, unless you buy a baby skeleton, which gladly, thank goodness, they're no longer available. You missed the council of the first ones.